In October of 2018, we did a podcast spotlighting internship opportunities for military personnel in our community, and I loved it. What we discovered is that military personnel are able to fill needed job positions in our workforce that are really difficult to fill. And from where I sit, getting more and more difficult because we don't have a workforce-ready workforce. So that's why I love this show. And they do it with little to no training. They are critical to the talent pipeline of major corporations in our country and here in Tucson. And the skills and the talents that they bring to the table in civilian career paths are beyond remarkable. And we're going we're gonna to find out about that today. We're speaking to two of those veterans today, and I hope that all of you are as excited as I am about hearing their stories. Hello, everybody. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. Please join me in welcoming Doyce Wilson and Sarah Wise. Doyce is an engineering project manager at Tucson Electric Power. He joined TEP after serving 21 years in the United States Air Force, where he led multidisciplinary teams in high-paced, no-room-for-error environments. So no wonder he's not worried about this podcast whatsoever. This is a walk in the park. <laughs> During this time, he successfully managed projects, including aircraft systems upgrades, facilities construction, fight, flight safety, and um, logistics programs. In his current role, he is responsible for managing the engineering procurement. I don't even know what that is. That's going to be fun of the show because stay with me. You're going to find out. And construction of substation, communication, renewable interconnection, and transmission line projects. And I put after that, yikes. That was a big articulate um, word that came to mind. And now get ready for another yikes. Sarah Wise is an associate substation engineer at TEP in the transmission and distribution department. She's been with TEP for six months completing the military career skills program for transitioning military members. So there's going to be a lot to ask. You're like fresh meat, mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I can say. And you're more a little bit more seasoned here, Doyce, but we're going to find out both ends of the spectrum. So I'm excited about that. During her time there he, at TEP, she has created commissioning testing procedures for substation equipment and collaborated with substation engineers to design and finalize electrical in interconnection drawings for rebuild projects. So welcome to both of you. And I hope you can tell that I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. And in, I, I'm not an expert in electricity, conduction, uh, renewables, anything. I'm a great interviewer. So I'm excited to learn. And this is a lot. I'm very intrigued by the scope of your work and hopeful by the end of the show that I understand exactly what the scope of work is for both of you. And before I start firing away, I do want to mention that the first podcast we did in October, employing our veterans in Arizona road and Arizona roadmap was really a great one. And I invite our listeners to check out the first one on our website. That'll be listed on the show page when it comes out. So what I'd actually like to start with both of you wasn't in the list of questions. It was like, Tell us in layman's terms what each of you do. I mean, a little bit less on the technical terms. Is there a way that you can shorten your 16 sentences of your job descriptions? <laughs> so for my portion as a project manager, we're responsible for basically the scopes, the schedule, and the budgets for the projects that upgrade our transmission and distribution system. Got it. Um, 
we work with the engineers, our planning department, um, procurement teams, um, the CNM crews, our construction and maintenance crews, as far as figuring out how we're going to build it, when is a good time to build it, and just make sure we bid things out to get the best price to build it and stuff like that. A we lot rely on our engineering of moving department. parts. Yes. A lot of moving parts. To draft the drawings and, and things yes. like that. And yes. Build the and as well. what was the line I love? No room for error environments. You don't have much room for error in the magnitude and scope of these things. Yes. Um, it's a pretty dangerous industry, you know, like yes. uh, safety is a huge deal. So we have to make sure that the projects are set up for success in the beginning as far as the time lies and that the design we make sure that there's enough clearance and things like that to make sure we set our construction guys up for success and right, to right. be safe. Which is the end game. So, Sarah, what are you doing all day? A so, lot. <laughs> I'm an engineer. <laughs> in, in layman's terms. Um, as an associate engineer, I'm still going to school. So I'm going to school and working on projects for TEP. Right now, I'm actually uh, a substation engineer on a project for upgrading one of our breakers in our substation uh System. So essentially, on my part of it, because I'm a substationer, we deal with the substation. So whenever you're going down the street and you see a big yard with a bunch of metal things coming out of that it. That you have no earthly <laughs> idea what they are. Right. And pretty much your telephone line's going into it. That's a substation. That's the easiest way I can explain it. No, but that it. really <laughs> helps bring clarity to it. Because for the layperson, it's not simple. And like you said, Joyce, it's very... Um, it's not only high-tech, it's dangerous. There's a lot of safety issues. And I've said this probably on 50 TEP shows. We all want our electricity. Thank you very much. Yeah. Whether it's heat this yeah. week or uh, yeah. cooling all week, all, all year, um, we want to have our electricity. So I remember from the last show, but it was October of 2018, and I actually thought Kelly made a mistake because <laughs> I went back and looked at it. I can't believe it was that long ago, and it was wonderful. But tell us, how does TEP, what, since you both know systems, what's the system in place for TEP to partner so that they can hire people like you with talent, expertise, education, work ethic. Do I need to <laughs> emphasize work ethic like you show up? Because you were in the military. Yeah. So, Joyce, do you want to feel that? Or, Sarah, do you want to go first? Well, yeah. So, it's the career skills program where you are allowed to leave active duty a few months early. And it's really based off your leadership, in the military, your military leadership. Um, some people are given 90 days. Some people are given a whole six months. Um, in my case, I had our unit had manning issues, so they weren't able to let me leave for a full six months. So they gave me about 45 days. I used 45 days of my own vacation time to do the internship. And I almost looked at it as a way to bet on myself. I figured if they gave me a chance to come do a job for a few months, at the end of the few months, they'd hire me, right? That's the, that was the hope. And you were right. <laughs> and it worked out. We get to hear the end, the happy ending. <laughs> it worked out. But it, it, it just gives an opportunity for people transitioning to focus on themselves for a little bit. Because um, a lot of people go, go into the transition process and you end up working up until the very last day of active duty and you transition almost in a hurry where the internship program, the career skills program allows active duty military people that are transitioning to kind of almost ease into the transition while they have the security of still receiving a paycheck from the military. So, And what comfort to you Yes, getting out. Yep. And I don't know whether you have families or you're single yeah. or whatever. You want a job. 
And to me, that's comfort and thanks for service and then have the ability to continue working. And I know a lot about the workforce, especially in Tucson. So to have skilled people and that work ethic, I can't underline it enough. Boy, do I have some issues with work ethic and people not showing up because they are having an off day. I'm like, wow, I had four this week and I came up, I showed up. (laughs) Sarah, what about you? So for me, it was really important because I was a separatee. I got out after my contract versus um, the 21 years Doisted and he retired. So for me, I don't get a retirement paycheck after the military. You really had to get going. Uh, Yeah, for me, it was so crucial to get in the whole 180 days because I had to find work after, even as a a full-time student as well. And, you know, you get your GI Bill benefit, GI Bill benefit. It's not enough to live on. It's not enough to live on. By far. And that's what I loved about this program. And I, I definitely want to touch on the military side of it because it is a fairly new program. I believe it came out in 2014, but most bases and most places still are trying to sort out how to do it. Or actually, I think I was the first, one of the first people in my, uh, shop, which where I worked, that did the program. And um, so does TEP actually do outreach or is it a case of you're looking for them and they're looking for you? Both. Chicken and egg. (laughs) So it's chicken and egg. Okay. So luckily, our education office on base is phenomenal. And they really, uh, Leslie Loring, she's still there. She took this program and kind of ran with it. And she set up she went into the community and found these companies and set it up with them. And um, she had a whole list and TP was on it. And I was like, well, I want to see them and, and all that stuff. And they came. Julie makes it a point to come to our capstone for our transition. Um, you have about a week where they go over all these briefings to kind of prep you to get out. And um, on day, what, four, they uh, have all these companies that come to, it's called a capstone, and they kind of look at your resumes, teach you how to interview. Kind They kind of just teach you how to be a civilian again. Right, right. And what a company it's a is very, looking very, for. It's a very, very different world. I mean, my husband was in the military. It's not, it's not like it is in yeah. the civilian workforce. It just isn't. So she, uh, she was a big, like TP is really big at that capstone, and I'm very happy because I was able to, to go to them and be like, okay, I saw that you do this. I'm interested. What, how would I do this? And actually they didn't have a place in engineering for me yet. Like they only offered, they only had worked with IT positions at that time and and cybersecurity and they had never done in career skills engineer. So it was, uh, it was pretty exciting that Jolie was like she. It was she didn't even skip a beat. She was like, "We'll find we'll we'll find a place for you," you know. And so she did. Yeah. <laughs> and so she did. That's really pretty incredible. And Joyce, you talked about leadership. So did you, Sarah, a little bit. Um, you know, I use the saying a lot: "Pace of the leader, pace of the team." So in my organization, I always have to pick up the pace or keep the pace going or be the creator and innovator. And I have an amazing team, and believe me, they contribute. Sometimes I'm trying to keep after them. So I don't want to infer that. But I think TEP is a leader and an innovator in many areas. For this program, do you think it helps be an example to other companies? Because one of my heart issues, and I mean that, is the number of homeless vets. And I'm involved in Rotary and we do things around that. And I think they gave their life for me. They have, oh, they're living on the street. So I have a lot of 
guilt around that, but TEP and I believe other companies could follow suit. Joyce, what's your thought on that from that perspective? You were in for 21 years and how, and then you got hired. Yeah, I, I mean, I really appreciate the program. Um, I was one of the first interns, so uh, the program was pretty new. Um, my department, our floor, I'll say, was more than willing to be helpful. Um, the culture at TEP contributes to this as well. It's so true. Most, you can't fake that. Yeah, similar to the Air Force, no one shows up knowing how to do their job. Right? So a TEP is almost the same way for most departments. Right? Like you get a substation engineer, electrical engineer out of college. He may have taken some power distribution or power <laughs> He's not classes, on the scene. <laughs> but he doesn't really know. Oh. Uh, right. You're live now. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't really know. So what... So what TP is used to doing is training people to do the job they were hired to do. And I guess that culture was made it easy as far as the transition, as far as being one of the interns. Um, people had lunchtime classes with different engineers to understand power distribution and stuff like that. Um, my project management department, everyone contributed to teaching me processes and how things were written or just what to expect, how to approach different things. So it was really like a floor effort to get me up to speed to be ready to I get it. I mean, I spent a lot of time um, in that building and there's a really yeah. good energy there. No pun intended. So yeah, and, I, and I, I've seen Jolie and our other people in our HR department have reached out to other companies in town as far as letting them know how the program has worked out for us and what it could do for their companies as well. And I, I'd say I think it's catching on because I've seen uh, them reach out to people and kind of explain the process because some Companies' leadership, a little hesitant, right? Like, you're going to give me a person to work for free for six months. It almost I know. Seems, seems too good to be <laughs> yeah, true. Go, to be go true. eat yeah. air. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, but, and then the other pieces of it, I mean, I can't emphasize enough the skill sets, and the, I'm nuts on work ethic these days. So they know they're getting a lot of pieces of an employee yes. and the skill set it, it sounds ridiculous a little bit but that's one of the easiest to teach mm-hmm. not not that I can be an engineer but you know what i mean it's like if you know all of the technical things but you come to work at 9:30 yeah. and you don't know how to interact with a team and you don't know how to do a lot of the other things it doesn't work so it's not just about the skills it's yes. about incorporating the culture and those things. And that's where I feel like the military member really makes this program amazing. Because like for me, I I haven't even gotten to my major electrical engineering classes yet. <laughs> I'm only about two years in. So I really came to them with, would have been no background in any of this, but except for my military background. And that's what I think really helped. And what they really liked was because I was an aerospace ground equipment technician. That's a yeah, big fancy word for a heavy equipment technician. So I learned, you know, how to read schematics, wiring di- diagrams, all the kind of stuff that you really need to at least have a general knowledge of before you try to do any sort of yeah, engineering. It's a lot of skill sets. Yes. And then we're also, I mean, we're so we're in sh- shops of like a hundred some people, and then small teams of like five to ten people so you learn to work with people you and then I got out as a supervisor so I actually have that experience under my belt as well so it's like not only did and six years was I able to be a supervisor I learned technician experience I worked with heavy equipment when they got me they didn't just get an engineering student right they got the skill set too 
experience, all those experiences. So I want to know about your collective skills and what you learned at the military, not just the the text, the technical pieces, but are there things, I guess the question that I really want to ask is, what's it like working a TEP versus being in the military? That's not a stump the guest question, but are um, there similarities? Yes, they're very similar, and I honestly... This is my opinion. I think it's nicer. <laughs> well, that's good. I, you know, I would hope so. At the military, there is a way that you have to show up because there's lots that goes with that statement, but TP is not the military. So hopefully, like, you know, going out to lunch and having some fun and they do these. Yeah. So, Joyce, what would you say? Honestly, I do miss, I miss the, uh, TP has great camaraderie, but I think the, the camaraderie in a unit, and the strong unit can't be matched anywhere. What a wonderful answer, um, though. You did it for 21 years. Yeah, Thanks for that honesty. I think you can't, you can't beat it, right? Like, if you deploy with a group of guys, um, you spend six months straight with them. And if you guys, if it, if it, if it, if it jails right, right, um, right, you can't beat the, the relationships you build there. Um, and not that the relationships with TP have been bad. I get it. It's I just, really get it's it. It's just not the same. And there's something about, like, having a group of people that you work with all the time that have been through the same sh- struggles almost, you know, you kind of miss it a little bit. Um, right. TP's been great, but I do miss it I hear you, I and I'm sometimes. sure they will hear you because <laughs> it's just not the same. Yeah. And we're, especially working in such intense, close quarters and missions and all of those things, if you said it was exactly alike, I yeah. would think that was kind of <laughs> weird, but you could say that. And your point about is more fun. I get that too. You didn't do it for 21 years. You know what I mean? So that's, I think those are both yeah. sides of the spectrum that are worth people considering. So are, were there any surprises? Like, did you anticipate the challenges and the transition stuff? Were there any like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was going to be this hard or I was worried about this and it's so easy. I'm kind of going for like the inside your head kind of question. For me, it, not knowing was the biggest issue. Not knowing. Got so it. So you show up, I mean, you spend 21 years doing something, right? You go to a meeting, you're... As close to the subject matter expert as you can pretty much get. Right. And then, like, you know, the next week you're in a meeting and you don't even know what the people are talking about. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, a lot of fun. Right? Welcome to that party. <laughs> like, so, kind of like this interview. I'm so, you take, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so you take a lot of notes and you ask a lot of questions. And people have been, people were amazing right. and helping me out. But that was a, it Not was challenging knowing. to deal with that, right? Like to know that I'm, I'm in here and I'm, I've got a ton of questions and I've got some opinions. But I don't really know enough about the subject matter to know if my opinion is right. Is too soon? Too soon. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's that's transition. That's gr- a great answer, yeah. Sarah. What about you? Well, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, it's it's funny when you. I mean, you do something for six years, and you become a supervisor. And you know what? I wouldn't say I was a subject matter expert just yet, but the starting over part was something I you know anticipated, but I didn't expect it to be feel as challenging because it, it, I wouldn't say, you know what, I wouldn't put the word challenging, but it's, you don't realize how much it's going to affect you when you have to start over again after you've done the same thing for so long. And that was the one thing that I definitely didn't expect to feel because I'm going and doing something that I've been going to school for, not necessarily doing, but I think that's where the disconnect is. is right. like you can go right. to school for something and still have no clue what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, the application <laughs> of it. It's like night and day. I mean, I think that's a great part of the story. I came here from New Jersey 
a long time ago. Not quite the dark ages, but, you know, they did have airplanes. And um, I was in private sector, and I came here, and it blew me away, the private sector. I had to be at work in New York City on time. You had to get your train on time. You worked X amount of hours. I mean, there was structure. There were ways to dress. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I got here, and I went to a mayor and council meeting. And you can see when you look on TV, and I called my dad and I said, Dad, the mayor is wearing something called a Guayabara shirt. And he said, <laughs> what the heck is that? My dad who wore a shirt and a tie and a suit every day. And I, of course, obviously liked the more relaxed approach to dressing. But I was very surprised at, the, at that. It, it's so much more formal back there. And now it stifles me. But it's what I was used to. I thought it was so unprofessional to see the mayor in a Mexican wedding shirt. Now I love them. You know what I mean? But it was, it was, it's similar. It's like, wow, I had a lot of cultural norms to adjust to. And I agree with that. I think that was a huge thing to get adjusted to coming out of the military as well. Not that, you know, TEP isn't structured because I definitely think, I mean, you have to be on at work at a certain hour. You have, you right. know, you go right. home you at a certain X hour. You get X amount of sick leave, X amount of time off. Right. But in the military, it's like, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. You know, so it's like, yes. and they schedule your appointments for you for medical, like your whole life is structured almost. And they tell you, they tell you pretty much how to, when to do everything, when to wake up, when to go to bed, when to eat, especially if you're deployed. So it's very different, very different. So that was the one thing I didn't expect it to be that different. Well, I mean, I expected it to be different, but I didn't think it would affect me as much because I got it. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way I can explain I do. it. I've got it. I've really got it. What about, um, you know, I love words of wisdom. I love it, especially when I have some. But hopefully this podcast will be heard far and wide. And hopefully, like, I'll share it with some of my friends in Rotary who work very closely with veterans. Do either of you have some words of wisdom or just thoughts you want to share about your mindset? Like, Joyce, you said the biggest challenge for you was not knowing. That would terrify me too. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is not yeah. fun. So what would you say to someone who said, I'm terrified, I don't know what to expect? Well, I, I think the, the preparation to leaving has to start really early. Got it. Um, I'm thankful that my wife, uh, she was really, she's an educator. She teaches at uh, Pima. And she pretty much forced me to finish school. <laughs> um, Love that. But I would say like, that's one of the most important things. And one of the benefits that a lot of people, they devote too much time to their career and work, and they kind of miss out on taking care of themselves. So they get towards the end of their career, and they're trying to cram finishing the education and preparing to transition at the same time. Um, that's a big bam. It's a big, it's, it's tough. Bam. And then people, really great people get out and they would be great fits for certain positions, but they just don't have a degree or whatever certification it requires to take the, to be offered the position and it hurts them. Um, so I always say take care of your education early. It only helps because we all know we're leaving. At some point, everyone's getting out. If you do four years, six years, 10 years, 20 or 30, you're leaving at some point. Right, right. So there's an end about, date. There's an end date right. for everyone. So... Um, I would say that. And the other part of it is start trans planning the transition early and be selfish. It's a little hard. I mean, it's hard to watch like as you're leaving, the people you're leaving are going to have to pick up a little more of the workload, but they'll be okay. Because yeah, like, people tough. leave all the time, but it's tough. 
So some guys will work to the very last day of active duty and not spend any time taking care of themselves to make sure that them and their family are set up for success afterwards. So you've got to be a little selfish, and it's okay. And it's a societal issue. I mean, I just say to myself, when are you going to learn to say no, to not do this, not do that? I love it when someone brings that up on the show because we have to learn. We This is a world where you are bomb- you're bombarded with emails. There's no time limit to when you get them. Some people work at midnight. Some people work. I was emailing people at four o'clock this morning. That's my schedule. I woke up and I was like, okay, might as well make this productive, which is really not any advice I'm giving to people. You know, listen to an app, a calm app and go back to sleep. But you're right. I mean, it's like be kind to ourselves and that makes a better employee and a better husband and a better wife and a better partner. I mean, the beat goes on. That was good. What, Sarah, what are you thinking? <laughs> he stole my answer, actually. I, that's the biggest thing. That's that, just so wrong. <laughs> I know. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Zoe. But that's the biggest thing that I would always tell my troops was in use your benefits, go to school, get certifications. The tuition assistance is there. Work on yourself. Like, as much as we want to say that the Air Force takes care of us, and they do, and the military does for the most part take care of its people. But you're still just a number, and you're a number to anybody. You're making them money, not your. Well, you you make yourself money, but you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And so, be selfish. It's okay to be selfish, and it's it's hard for us because we're ingrained service before self. That's one of our mission statements. So, it's hard to take the time to be like, "Hey, I need to go to school." I'm going to get out eventually. I don't know when, because honestly, I was going to stay in and do 20. But then I came to the end of my six, and I was like, well, I have half my degree done. I want to see what it's like to do what I've been going to school for. And unfortunately, you can't be an engineer as an enlisted member. (laughs) You have to transition to the officer side, which I'm considering maybe later on. But I love TEP so much, so I don't really want to leave it. But um, that's the best thing that I can tell anybody is use your benefits, be selfish, go to school, get certifications because you're going to be better off in the long run for yourself if you do those kind of things. Well, we have answered all the questions that I had because I wanted to know the how and the transition and the, you know, how do you get adapted to what you're doing and, and, and TEP as a leader. Is there anything that you're just popping to say that I might have forgotten? I love it when I remember to ask guests that. Are there any parting words? I just say that as people transition, um, also look for a good fit. Excellent point. Like some people separate and they find jobs that seem to be amazing jobs on the surface, but they aren't very supportive. And then the person ends up having to change job three change jobs three to four times before they finally find a good fit. Another part of the internship program is it lets you Test out the company the same way the company's testing you out, right? Like you have to go there, see if see if you like it, see if they like you, and if you don't like it, it's okay to walk away. And everybody um, wins. And everybody wins. Everybody wins because if you're miserable, it's yeah. going to show. It's really going to show. Sarah, does anything strike you? You probably stole that answer too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but not hundred percent. So I wanted to touch on also being selfish, and when you come to a company, the whole point of the career skills program, and I'm. I'm so happy TEP has been so flexible with everything. I mean, I was able in my six months to move around to job shadow other areas because there's so many opportunities for engineering within TEP. How am I supposed to know which one I'm going to like the best? 
So I was actually able to job shadow different areas and and actually um, they said for I could move different departments every couple months if I wanted to. So maximize the, the program if you use it. And it's okay to go to the company and be like, hey, can I see, can I move around departments? Can I, do I have to stay in one place? Because some companies, especially if they're new into the program, they're not going to know how to do that or they're not going to know to give that kind of opportunity. So be selfish in, in that respect to ask them, can I try out this department? Can I try out that department? I mean, you're getting free labor. Why can't I do it in another area? Because that's the one thing that I loved about TEP is I was able to specifically see what area of engineering that I really like. huge. That is huge to get to try out and see if you're going to like it because you might think, oh my gosh, I want to do this and then you're doing it for five days a week, eight hours a day and you say, I hate this. Like, I really hate this. So you really do have, you know, we called this show um, an Arizona roadmap. You, with a map, you get to turn left and turn right and go straight and then take some looks at what it's like. So those were good additions to your to your contribution to the podcast. And then I always say that, you know, I always like the last word, I do. <laughs> but in this case, what I want to say is, I, I did say it a little bit, how the veteran situation is so near and dear to my heart and the hearts of many. So the fact that TEP is providing leadership in this area makes them really smart. That's one point I want to make. The second point is how wonderful it is to be able to have the pool of brains and and like I said, all of those, the training and the ethic and the commitment to try things out. I mean, this is your ultimate win-win. So if somebody's driving around, listen to this on their iPhone or in their car, and you are in a position of management or leadership, either here or around the country, I know TEP. And if you want to talk to somebody there, you can, and they'll be happy to share what it's all about. So I just think we really, as a country, need to figure out how to do more and more of this and take care of our military. It's, it's as you know, an epic problem. So I appreciate you both. I thank you both for taking the time, for being in the program, for coming to Mrs. Green's World. And um, I want to thank our listeners because that's how I always end it. This is like 2020. I can't believe it's here. And as I have said on this show many times, without you, there would be no me. And I'm glad there's a me. So make it a great green day. And thank you two again for being here. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for having us. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our experience. Just and did you again. have fun? I had a great time. I, I really want to know that. Thank what you. about you, Sarah? Yeah, I had a great time. I actually appreciate this because I feel like a lot of people don't know about this program and don't really maximize it to the best of their ability. So I appreciate so that's good. That is the last word. I love I love it, both of you. Thanks so much for being here. And everybody, like I said, make it a great green day. Mm-hmm.